Welcome to another edition of Between Two Beats. With me, as usual, is Ariel. Say hello, Ariel. Hello, Ariel. Hello, Ariel. <laughs> it's been uh, a couple of weeks since we did the successful episode 13. This is episode 14 for those of you that mm -hmm. are following along. Uh, as usual, welcome to all the crickets. We have the chat window open. So if you are happening to stumble across our feed, uh, keep it clean. Uh, but feel free to engage. But for the most part, it's going to be a AMA conversation between myself and Ariel on one particular topic that I'm more or less cold on. Uh, you know, you hinted at it before uh, we, we went live, so I've got a sense. Mm -hmm. But honestly, the rest of it, I don't know. So, so I'll turn it over to you. So today I kind of wanted to talk to you and ask you some questions on AI for content. I know you kind of have been recently kind of touching in it a little bit more now that it's being used more often now, more than ever. And I guess I kind of just wanted to learn about what it is because I'm pretty ignorant on the topic. And I guess I had some questions based off what I know you're working on. Okay. So let, let, let me hit, hit, hit right off the bat. So the word ignorant that you used right there would be what, the opposite of intelligent or knowledgeable? What would you consider to be intelligence? Mm, I don't know. Like, a, I guess it is like well, ignore the AI. Ignore the artificial for a sec. Remember, that's just a pronoun. That's just a, a you know, yeah. it's just a word. Fake. Right? Well, going back to what we were saying earlier about virtual and augmented, right? What are the keywords? So let's break it down. There's two keywords, artificial, which mm -hmm. is a replacement for human, right? So mm -hmm. human intelligence, artificial intelligence, the main word at the end of the day is what's intelligence? You know, do you even as a human being can formulate an answer on what is the definition of intelligence? And I know I'm putting you on the spot. That's that's not the intent. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not doing this uh, maliciously, but off the top of your head without being wrong because there's no wrong answer in this conversation. What is intelligence? I guess I guess just somebody who knows about the topic, like I had said, I'm ignorant on the topic, just in the sense of I don't know much about it, about AI specifically, but like, for example, there's AI for multilingual translation, but I speak French, so mm -hmm. if I needed to translate something, I could do that myself, I don't need to have an AI to do that, but it does give the option of like, well, you can do it, or you can do human, um, I do, in my opinion, think that there's just as much as there's human error, there's like technology or artificial error. Um, so we call, I'm, we call I'm, them biases. I've been, <laughs> I'm a bit, like I would okay. be a bit weary so, 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 if I, yeah, go for it. I was going to say, I would, be, I would be a bit weary going the AI route if I knew about a topic already myself. Mm. It would be more if things that I didn't know. Okay. So, so, so let me backtrack right there. Uh, the initial point there was, you know, what is intelligence, right? So, so mm -hmm. intelligence, more or less, if you will, is kind of defined this way. It's you have an end goal in mind, okay? So you need to achieve X. And without a lot of, you know, interference or help, you're able to formulate a trajectory to that goal involving decisions and, you know, analysis and whatnot to go from point A to point B to point C to point D to point D, you know, and eventually get to your goal, right? So a mm -hmm. lot of tests of intelligence are quizzes which are typically knowledge-based right how much do you remember right yeah uh or skill-based like chess you know where you have infinite moves and counter moves and whatnot right so we have benchmarks that we have used over the years to kind of gauge how intelligent a person is your sat score 
you know, uh, your entrance exam scores, your, your, your final exam scores, you know, how intelligence. But most of that stuff is knowledge based. OK, so yeah. that's deep learning, being able to understand content, figure out relevant content, how they relate to each other and all that. And, you know, you have very intelligent people in various different fields like science yeah. or medicine or whatnot. And they'll consider themselves to be intelligent in that field, you know. But if you were to ask them to tie their shoe, they probably struggle. You know what I mean? Whereas your geniuses yeah. are multidisciplinary, intelligent people, right? So what I've kind of just described there is what we kind of refer to as narrow band versus wide band, okay? Mm -hmm. Or narrow versus general, if you will. So general intelligence is you have most, most human beings are generally intelligent, meaning you don't yeah. have to think about breathing. You don't have to think about this. You know, you know how to get through your day. No one's mm -hmm. told you how to survive life for the most part. You know, go on. You're generally intelligent. And then you've got people that are super intelligent, like I said, in certain disciplines, right? But once again, that a lot of that is a mix of what? What is it? How much they know, how much they can take that knowledge and apply it to a problem. You know what I mean? Because one is smart. The other one is knowledgeable. The other one is, you know, so there's that tier, right? So when we talk about artificial intelligence, it's the same thing. We've had AI in one form or another for the better yeah. part of 30 years. We haven't called it necessarily AI. It's not AI in terms of how we consider AI now because we've evolved. So a lot of the stuff that was considered to be super tech back in the day, like uh, optical character recognition, the ability to understand the characters via a scan. You know what I mean? Like a scanner and oh, there's the text and I'll convert the text to that. That was initial, you know, AI because it pooled a certain knowledge and it had a certain awareness to recognize characters and the more amount of characters it could look at, it could make okay. sense and say, I believe this is an R. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Based on a pool. But as we talked about before, most of those systems were stuck in their own little pocket of data. Right, their own little systems, their own little servers, and they only had yeah. X amount of access to earn. So it's like a really smart person that never went to the library and read books, and then the, the person walks into the library for the first time and goes, I understand, oh my God, you know what I mean? I thought I was smart before, right? So it's yeah. pockets of data and pockets of sample. And what AI, as we understand it now, the reason it's so much bigger and wider is the mm -hmm. amount of data that it's had access to in the last decade plus yeah. has scaled dramatically as we've talked about, right? There's a lot yeah. of data. So every search request you make feeds the Google analytics of AI for your search mm -hmm. results. And that's either database related, meaning you're searching for data and you're getting, I believe this is what you're searching for. But when it's starting mm -hmm. to do stuff like uh, as you're typing, and it's saying, you know, the other words and stuff like that, that's where you're getting into the predictive analytics, right? So, which is another layer of intelligence. It's not just yeah. returning data, but it's it seems, anticipating. It there's, yeah, it seems it, like, to my knowledge, mm -hmm. the little that I know about AI, yeah. there's definitely AI for literally everything. Yeah. Everything that humans can do, there's an AI version, probably now that could do the exact same thing. If we're talking intellectual, yes. Uh, physical, that's where yeah. we have the multi, we have six senses, it only has X amount of capabilities, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, the back end, if you call it the brain function. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's got 9 billion people that it's sampled, basically. <laughs>
taking in data from literally everywhere but it would would it be like i guess kind of also backtracking to the artificial intelligence the way you had explained in our previous podcast about there's only so much data that can be held Mm. well that ai based off that as well like it can only it only has so much space no, no. Well, here's the thing. We, we've given these AI systems a lot of space. Like the entire Google infrastructure is being modified as we speak uh, to modify the CPUs into what are called TPUs. And, and that's okay. just a, a, a processing unit uh, that, that uh, AI uses to make a lot of very simplistic decisions in a very short period of time. So it's Think of it this way, a CPU, a central processing unit, which is what's in a computer, is there to do all of the processing. It makes all the decisions. It is the brain of your computer, right? But then as we started playing more video games and doing more graphics, we started introducing what are called GPUs, graphic processing units, right? Whose sole job is to process the graphics outside of the CPU. So now the CPU is able to make more work because it's shifted over there, right? What the TPU is, and that's just the Google version of it, is the basic building blocks of these AI systems, okay? Where this little block, think of it as a hard drive, if you will, okay? Which is plugged into the rest of the equipment, goes off and is able to do a quadrillion concurrent processes in short little bits, as opposed to more complex quantum mechanic processing units, which are deep dive, you know, 3,000 decimal places, you know, that type of precision, right? I'm just talking really quick decisions. So when you're doing a search on Google now, the AI system that is running the back end of that search is based on all of these new devices. And there are millions of these boxes in play, all operating concurrent to a global audience, right? So when we ask the question, how much space does it have? Google, Amazon, the biggest servers on the planet, with the biggest data on the planet are all converting to these type of systems. Yeah, Um, I guess I kind of wanted to ask in, so my questions are more based around a few uses for AI. Mm -hmm. So the first one I kind of want to talk about was like AI for content creation. Obviously I work at a marketing agency, Smashing Pixels, which is my dad's company. Mm -hmm. And um, we do a lot of content creation here, but we don't use AI, we use people. (laughs) But AI in a sense of content creation, um, yeah, like how how does that kind of work? Like how original is the content that it's coming up with? It's um, it, it goes back to what we always been talking about. If you use the index of 10 years ago versus now, 10 years ago, a lot of these systems existed, but their pool of data and their pool of awareness, like I said, the guy walking into the to the library for the first time and going, wow, there's a lot more information. Right. So it's jumped over all of those hurdles because of big data and the internet and how these global cloud-based systems work and all of that type of stuff, right? And a lot of it as well is major companies acquiring other smaller companies that have had data. So a lot of these billion dollar acquisitions that Microsoft has been making and Oracle and these big companies, it's not because necessarily the tech or the people, but the database that they have. And then they're able to take that data incorporated into there. And the data is far more important because they acquire all the legal rights to that data because of the purchase of the company, right? So you've seen that happen in the last 10 years where more and more and more of this data has been pooled and given access to by that person walking into the library for the first time, which is AI, okay? 
And in the terms of content creation, that's either voice, Siri is AI based. It's a whole bunch of samples of vocal patterns, but the AI is what's formulating your answer. So when Siri gives you an answer, that's not a pre-scripted answer. That is an on-the-fly created answer based on patterns of previous answers, okay, accumulated over many times and many times and many iterations and iterations. The version that you're getting now is a very smart answer yeah. because it's yeah. gone through and did it a billion times and you didn't see the mistakes of the first five billion because that was done in a, in, a, in a server farm where it was teaching it, for lack of a better term, right? But now it's fully developing itself over time and it's getting smarter and smarter and smarter because we're giving it more and more data and it's making more and more assessments. And, you know, in the span of just a few years, you know, the optical AI, because once again, there's various levels of AI. Once again, narrow AI, there's, there's a lot of layers of AI here, right? But, you know, when we talk about optical AI, the ability to recognize text, it's able to tell where the point comes off on the brush now. You know, so if it's that old scripted, whatnot, it could literally say the person lifted the pen at that point. That's not just saying it's an R. That's an R with a whoosh. You know what I mean? Uh, but like I said, it's that level of detail. It's able to see more and back to the mm -hmm. text. It has sampled every single written word and is still sampling every single written word to this day. So mm -hmm. if the back end system, which is in this case, the AI for content, as you say, whose yeah. sole job is to say, predict maybe what the person's trying to say, uh, formulate what kind of context the person is trying to get the, 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 the information as, and mm -hmm. some sample as to what you're trying to emulate. And that's typically, you know, I used the joke of um, a comic on stage saying, okay, what we need is uh, two people. Okay, we got two names and uh, where are they going? They're going on a vacation. Okay, they're going on a vacation. And where are they going to? They're going to Europe. Okay. And you type in those keywords and you tell the AI, come up with a story with these parameters. And that's what mm -hmm. it does. The API, the application programming interface, the front mm -hmm. end where you basically say, these are my use cases. This is my text sample. Uh, this is the, these are my parameters, right? Like you're giving it context. You send that through the API. The API, once again, just says, this is what they're saying. Go off, and based on what you see here, what are some of the things that come out of that? And if you start the process, and this is where the learning comes in, the, 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 the intelligence. If I start a sentence, and I'm able to continue the flow of that sentence to the next sentence, to the next paragraph, mm -hmm. to the next yeah. page, that's intelligent writing as opposed to just spurting out a bunch of garbage, right? If there's flow, we mm -hmm. consider that to be good writing. If it's articulate, we consider that to be good writing. If it's error-free of text, if it's grammatically correct, all of those tiers, right? So an intelligent output is I understood the context of your parameters. Two people going on a vacation to Europe Next thing you know, these people are renting a cottage and they're taking a swim and they're, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it goes on and it's written that story because yeah. it's just intelligently followed the path of, okay, if I said this in the previous sentence, predictively speaking, what would the next bit be? You know what I mean? Based on a sample. Okay. Based yeah. on this, I'd probably now maybe explain the person's may maybe, right? So it's, it picks up on that. And that's still fairly simplistic AI, 
you know, mm-hmm. like the stuff that, you know, that, that is really mind blowing is the third generation system. So, so I'm going to deviate for two seconds and come back. Okay. Video games. We've talked about video games, games in general mm-hmm. are yes. quite often games of skill. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's chess or whatnot, chess for the longest time has been determined one of the staples of skill. Okay, there are rules, literally a gazillion, you know, moves to be done. And can a computer beat a human being? And we did that back in the 70s and the 80s. Chess is no longer being used as the benchmark. There's this game, and I don't know the rules. Most people don't know this game exists, but the game is called Go. Okay, and it's been around forever, and it's one of the most complicated games in the planet. Okay. I've there never are heard of it. exactly. There's documentaries about these things, but yeah, <laughs> it is it is beyond chess in terms of difficulty, right? So okay. there's an AI system that was built, and it was called AlphaGo. And the goal of AlphaGo, much like we used to do in the chess wars, right, was to become better at the game of Go than the current champion of the game of Go on the planet. So the first generation basically does what most first generation AI does is it goes off and finds all the information it possibly can and we feed it and we learn it and we learn it and we learn it and it starts analyzing patterns and we feed it patterns and we're basically teaching it, right? So that first generation involves a lot of teaching, right? Mm -hmm. Real intelligence, um, like I said, when I left university, the biggest thing I learned about in university was how to learn, okay? So that's the next step is, Version two is how do you learn yourself? So here's the bit. Version one of AlphaGo went on and beat these champions. It was given, you know, titles in China and in Japan and the list goes on and you won. You know, you are a level this player. You know, the list goes on. Version two of it learned only by watching version one. It had no (laughs) input to from anybody else. So it learned how to play by playing against its junior or senior version. You know what I mean? If you do g- generations, right? So how do you get in this game though? No, 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 no give me a sec here. So, so okay. the, the, the AI system, okay, yeah. version two, uh, version one learned from us. Version mm-hmm. two learned from itself, okay? okay? And was able to beat itself in less than a day. A hundred times. In one day? Yeah, like it just knew more than its previous generation without being told, okay? But it was still limited to the game of Mm -hmm. Go, okay? So the narrow AI was an expertise in the game of Go. Version Mm -hmm. three, okay, is now beating version two. And not only that, is learning how to play games without being told the rules of the game. It figures out the rules by looking at a gazillion versions of it. And they're now teaching it how to play old Atari games without telling it the game, without telling it how to play the game, without giving it examples. What's the game? (laughs) Well, that's my point. So the point of Go is just a test of a skill. Okay. And I can't explain the game of Go. It's it's like dominoes and a whole bunch of other stuff. You know, it's just layers of, of complexity. But my point being, the layers of AI over the years, and we're talking in the span of a decade here, have gone from we're teaching the computer how to play a game to the second version beating the first version by only learning how to play the game by using the knowledge of the first one. And the third version is able to learn games that it doesn't even know the rules to. Okay. okay? That's super intelligence. Okay. Yeah. 
And that is driving the technology behind Google because Google owns AlphaGo because they bought the company that developed it. So all of the learnings of the first two generations got into the build of, of the third generation. The development of those TPUs we talked about earlier are part yeah. of that third generation thing. And they're using it as a proof of concept of intelligence, which is- In a, in a sense, I was gonna say, I hope like, even, in hum even with humans, you mm -hmm. hope the next generation of humans are smarter than the prior generation. Like I know my, like even just in my own life, for example, my dad would hope that he raised me in ways to be better than his upbringing. And then I would upbring my kids in a way that I think is better than my upbringing. And you just hope that the next generation is smarter. I guess the same pattern would be with this go, or even with AI, you would hope that like the next level or next group playing the alpha co is better than the one before and they only would get better but it's like at one point is it not able to get better like well, how that, good is this well that's what i'm getting at it's it, when it gets to a point where it's starting to learn games by just yeah. observing patterns and figuring out how it's like a child sitting at, at, a, at a table watching adults playing the game of monopoly and never being told how to play monopoly but it's spent 10 yeah. years watching the, the parents play the game as i'm just using monopoly as an example it's developed yeah. its own rules it's understood the game probably differently than how it was written right and mm -hmm. it got it's getting to a point now where experts in this game are seeing moves being done by this computer and they go i didn't know we could do that Okay, because the level of understanding, the level of repository, to your point, we live in a generation where every single bit of data is accessible to you via your phone. Yes. But we're stupid. We don't know that yes. data. We don't know that data. We have access <laughs> no. to the data, right? It's like the no. library's there, but do you walk into the room? And if you walk mm -hmm. into the room, do you take the time to read the books? And we're still yeah. limited to how much of that data we can bring in here at a time. That a, mm -hmm. the, the AI systems, those systems we build, don't have those limitations to say, whoa, 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 I can't focus for 12 hours to read mm -hmm. because we're ingesting it through our eyes and our eyes get tired. It doesn't care. So going back to what I was saying, they, 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 they time the lifespan of these things in days. They call it like day one version of, uh, of the system, day two version of the system. Day three is like a gazillion times smarter than day two. We're mm -hmm. talking a 72 hour span. And at day three, it's, it's like, it, it, it doesn't need to know anymore. It's, it's, it knows everything in that narrow bandwidth. But general yeah. AI is when you take all of those narrow fields, you know what I mean, bring it all mm -hmm. together. And we're more general intelligence. Okay, as yes. human beings, we have a as wide, yeah. Computers are more narrow AI in their physics. So when you talk about content, looping that back, right? Yeah. The systems that we built over time. So mm -hmm. in the uh, writing world, there's a system called GPT. GTP? GPT, I always get it mixed up. My, my point being, it's version-based, so version one, version two, version three, and each version of that backend system is better, smarter, right? So the version that's out there now is version three. And version three is a gazillion times smarter, like, like the Go example I said, of version yeah. two. So if you ran the same parameters into a version two text generator, it would come out meh. And as you say, it'd be that early experience that we had with, with yeah. these systems. Version three, the stuff that I'm creating right now, oh my God, it's writing better than me. 
you had sent you had sent to me a version of taxes that the pro yeah, the software that, that, that you that, yeah exactly and all I do with those systems is mm -hmm. um, I give it a use case so what kind of content am I creating what kind mm -hmm. of tone am I trying to achieve is it convincing intriguing entertaining like parameters right um, yeah. give it a little bit of context typically only a hundred characters we're talking a hundred characters and then you go basically say feed that into the API and remember an API just basically reads updates deletes creates right so create from this an output uh, yeah. uh, X amount of variance based on these use cases and you look at it and what I do uh, which mm -hmm. is because AI to me is more of a, an assistant. All of these AI yeah. systems are assistants. They help me with certain things, but at the end of the day, I'm still the one piecing it together. So I'll look at the output and mm -hmm. I'll formulate what I consider to be editorially correct. Okay, so, so there's still that yeah. editor role. Okay, much like- Yeah, in of statement. humans. Oh, yeah, and, and like I said, that, that's just because I want that extra 5%. Okay, because I go-, I go of Yeah, go for it. I was gonna say, speaking of like written, does it perform in multi-language? Okay. Yeah. That was kind of like the second question I had about like AI with multi-language because that was another thing that you were kind of going in with the, um, there was a few videos that were done with the deep fake and yep. it was like in French and yep. obviously you speak French yep. and- It was like Portuguese, Russian, Chinese, or was it Japanese? Yeah, One so, of the two. Forget so you can choose it is it's like, well, here's, here's I'm assuming it's also taking data from a bunch of different people who speak that language yeah. and so so there's two aspects there there's yeah. um you saw the the vocal AI as well as the yes. written AI right as well as mm -hmm. the the deep fake AI where it's blending lip movements and motion and stuff like that like true deep fake you haven't seen yeah. the true deep fake but you know it's it's there um but what I was getting at is the content that it creates is based on its sample of data. So when I ask it to take this bit of text, run it on the back end, and generate a language equivalent, one of the parameters is English, French, blah, blah, blah. So it mm. takes that parameter, and in the case of conversion, okay, which is the first step, so you, the AI does the conversion. So back in the day we would need to create content for multiple languages you put it into these systems in english and i need a french version a spanish version it would come out okay because it linguistically converted it but yeah the word for word word for words yeah. but the style how a person in uh, in this dialogue uh, uh, of the language like a canadian english versus a uk english versus a, a north american english those are all different englishes right so the ai yeah. is smart enough to understand now contextually speaking mm -hmm. how it would say it versus just translating it so and that's the difference it's it's not just translating as you say word for word and now you're getting a french version or an english version you know vice versa it's now yeah. rewriting it as it's translating it in a fashion that is intelligent, okay? Because we have taught it a linguistically a lot of data, okay? So it knows yeah. pattern recognitions. It knows if I said this, I might wanna also elaborate on this. Or, or if I took the word SEO, it might know that it needs to maybe first time it uses SEO to explain what SEO is. So it then uses the word search engine optimization in the first sentence, right? Those are all patterns of writing and it knows these things. And as it's yeah. formulating the answer, it is very smart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So once you have a real good conversion of the language, yeah, mm -hmm. there it really just comes down to how many 
of those languages, do you have enough data in your system and enough need supply and demand, right? So there's certain languages yeah. you don't necessarily need access to right off the bat, but typically, you know, the top 10 ones are always there. So it was, it was, I was pretty impressed because I remember even when I was living and I lived in France, yeah. I was about six years, six years ago. And when I would need to translate stuff, I would get Google translate out and they'd translate and they would just like look at it for a couple seconds. Like that doesn't really make much sense, but you would get the gist of it or, and then eventually as I got kind of better with my French while I was there, um, I slowly would like look at the Google translate, see what it says. And then for, I'd have to form the sentence myself mm -hmm. and I hadn't really used anything since. And then you had sent the French version of the deep fake with the lip movement. And I was like, wow, this is like a million times better, even just in like the last six years from like my personal experience from what I've seen. Access to more data, access to more iterations, right? And like I said, yeah. you also got to see the vocal AI. So now that's taking not just a translation of the text, right? Which is huge in its own right, right? Like multilingual conversion mm -hmm. on the fly done in a matter of seconds it is mind blowing, right? Now it's able yeah. to take that text and vocally create the the voice so you mm -hmm. pick the voice type you know is it male yeah. is it female is it you know from this dialogue like when i do a spanish one am i pick, picking spanish as in north america or am i picking spain completely different dialogue and it's a different ai right yeah. so it basically takes a sample or multiple samples depending on what we're mm -hmm. talking about here uh of a voice you know, like in the case of Sirius, the sample of one person, okay? Mm -hmm. and, but what she's sampling is there's stuff like, eh, ooh, eh, ooh, like all those small little things. And it takes all of those millions of samples and it mm -hmm. formulates, right? Uh, yeah. So what you saw there was first and foremost, the text being read verbally by a different language. But then the mm -hmm. other aspect of that example was the AI of the video creating, which takes a whole bunch of samples of a green screen actor and a whole bunch mm -hmm. of samples of the green screen actor's mouths and is able to formulate and render in real time the movement of the lips and of the body to match the mm -hmm. AI created audio. So there's three narrow AI bits there, right? There's mm -hmm. the AI that did the translation of the text, the AI that did the vocal bit, and then the AI mm -hmm. that basically took care of the motion of the lips to make it look like the person. So when that person's now talking in Chinese, or in mm -hmm. Portuguese or in Russian, the lip motion changed because it's now formulating. Now, now to go back to your point where you had said about the the person moving, because mm -hmm. you get almost get that 3D because they do move their head in the video. Yeah. Um, it's obviously a person who's done a green screen. That when there's pure green screen back end sample, yeah. But now you're yeah. Also so there, but there's there's human interaction with that like like could could an ai just kind of come up with that oh god, yeah. Oh, god. Yeah, yeah yeah so so here here's what we're talking about so different technologies so yeah. one version of video deep fake is taking existing video and supplanting aspects of it like the face over the face of the thing that was there initially. So the body is the body of a porn star and all of a sudden you've got a celebrity's face on and next thing you know, that's a deep fake and those things are scary, okay? But the same thing is for politicians, you know, you don't know. But what you've done is you've done this bit over this bit. 
And you can do that two ways. You can, as you say, have a green screen face, and I'm now rendering this green screen face over this physical space, and we've done that forever, right? And that works if the person's not moving too much. But when you're starting to do stuff like that, it becomes tricky, right? Now you get into what is a face. Well, it's a point, a point, two points, a point here, and it's that, right? So the new systems don't need a person because it's generating the person based on that wire skeleton. Okay, so you create a wire skeleton of a face or of a body. You say that that body, that face is black, white, you know, whatever. Okay, and, and you generate it. So that is now you're getting more into the video game creating. And the uh, Epic uh, has this entire system where they've taken their Unreal Engine and basically allowed you to create your own avatars. And you want to be an alien with blue skin and blah, 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 you can do that. And now when you're talking, it's using your avatar's face to talk. So it's taking your voice, but doing the lip motion using that wire mesh. And so it's a purely you know, artificially created face using computer you know, wire mesh and all that type of stuff, right? Um, they have that they have that on um, iPhone as well. There's yeah. like little emoticons. I know you live like 10 years old, more than that, 15 years old. Your phone's like yeah. still a flip phone. So you don't quite know maybe, but on iPhone, you have like a little icon image of animals and yeah. your text message and yeah. you can send them to people and it takes like your uh camera yeah. and then it does the animal of your face and the mouth moves yeah. with what you're saying so you can be like hi it's ariel calling you i left you a message and it's this animal face and the mouth is moving like what you say and it records your voice and then it sends that as like a text that's, so i guess that would kind of be like the same stuff that, that, that's exactly what we're talking about so you've got a back-end yeah. system that is mm. not having to come up with voice it's just using your voice but the system needs to be smart enough on the back end to recognize the vocal pattern of what you're saying so that it can match that to a lip motion that is just a wire mesh you know that looks like a lion or or whatever it happens to be but at the end of the day when you strip away the the, the funny face it's just a bunch of dots and lines you know that define so when you're now moving your camera's layer the camera recognizes where your eyeballs are. Typically, it'll use your eyeballs as the point of contact. And as you move around, it's now got a tracing point. And all it does is it's basically tracing whatever that deep fake layer, as you say, over those points. So the eyes match, right? So in Zoom, I can have a mask over my beard. And as I move around, the mask will follow, right? That's still the same. It's a wire mesh of an example, but it's using a zone point and following. And if I turn, it knows to do this kind of stuff, right? But that's, like I said, all computer-generated imagery. And what the AI ability is, imagine now that you now have a system whose dedicated task and all of the processing units are built for that task. Yeah, it's able to generate the human species based on samples of what it's seen. You know, the latest uh, Bourdais documentary is using AI of his voice. The guy's dead and he's talking in his own documentary because they sampled his voice because there's enough Anthony Bourdais voice out there to get enough of a sample for the AI to say, now, Anthony, I want you to introduce Anthony. And it freaked people out. Huge. So it was like, that was, um, I think, would it, would it be considered... I guess AI there a couple of years ago at like Coachella, which yeah. is that big festival in yeah, um, I know Coachella. And, California. And they, they, they do all of the, uh, uh, the, the, um, 
digital representation of uh, of the dead uh, Tupac. Yeah, they there. did. Yeah, they yeah. did the one of Tupac, and that was, I think, like I think I was grading when I did that, and everyone freaked out because it was like so realistic, and he like moved on the stage. So what they I don't know if they've done it with anyone else. Well, they since, can do but... it. They could do it. Anybody is the point. Is that is a wire mesh of a of a body. Okay, and in production, they have superimposed enough samples to generate a database to be able to say, this is what Tupac would look like standing this way, moving here. But at the end of the day, it's the wire mesh that's determining the motions, right? And then the sample says, okay, based on what we have, you know, apply this. But yeah, it's a completely rendered. But now you're at a point now where imagine Tupac coming out with a brand new song sung by Tupac that you've never heard of written in the style of Tupac because it took all of its samples and said, hmm, if I were to interpret his styling based on a, the 100 songs that he did, now imagine Coachella where Tupac's on stage rapping, okay, but it's a brand new friggin' song and it sounds just like him. That's where we are now. That's exactly where we are now, where what we can pull off. Now, someone's gotta pay for that. Right, so Coachella is, gets to pay for that, right? So it's not cheap. These things are expensive when you really think about the big stuff. But the simplistic yeah. stuff, uh, like even the green screen stuff that I, uh, I'm using right now, that's still considered old tech in some ways compared to some of the newer stuff that we're playing with, right? Especially when you yeah. get into deep fakes. The deep fake, it's you know, it, it, you're able to generate a voice based on a sample. You're able uh -huh. to generate an image based on a sample. You're able to generate all of these things based on a sample. And if the system is built to understand all of those samples and know how to intelligently make use of it, which is, like I said at the beginning, achieve a goal and to get to that goal. So if the goal is to write a sentence, speak a sentence, stand up on stage and sing, you know, uh -huh. those are, you've seen examples. But the biggest difference is, when you were at Coachella, as, as that example was, that's still a local thing. It's not tied to anything. It's just a video projection at that point. The rendering was done over months, you know, in yeah. somewhere else, right? Lots of work. Imagine probably. now that's real time, where you walk into a record store and your favorite singer shows up and is now engaging with you because it knows your 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 your, your playlist because you've told it, and you walk mm -hmm. in and it says, "Hey." I'm such and such. And today, what we're going to do is talk about my latest singles. And it's, you know, it's all generated. And it says, hey, it's, hello, Ariel. And it doesn't know Ariel, how to say Ariel. He never said Ariel. But now you're hearing Ariel in your favorite rapper's voice. Wow. Oh, my yeah. God. Now I'm intrigued. Right. And that's where we really get into all these things is we're able to produce content, video, audio, text, using mm -hmm. very advanced systems that only recently have we been granted API rights to. And not everybody has access to these backend systems, right? So there are certain systems that we buy into that allow yeah. us access to these backends and they've got little fancy AIs. And yeah, voice, data, content. There's a painter that is currently selling their artwork. What okay. that painter does is it looks at a photo and interprets what they believe that photo to be and paints it layer by layer by layer by layer and then sells that painting as a non-fundable token on the blockchain for thousands of dollars and that painter is an AI. 
and is making more money as an artist than your sister. Tenfold. 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 And the art is, I'll send you the example. I got it on my mail just a couple of days ago. I'll sell sell you the example of the latest one. It's sold on the blockchain. The ownership Mm -hmm. is one person. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's completely created by AI. Where does this money go? Like, if it's AI, like, is it the person who made the AI? Who's got Who's got to build these systems at the end of the day? Trust me, it's all marketers at the end of the day that are trying to generate this money for someone. Okay. That would That would be kind of my next my my next slash last question that I have would be like the human role in this in the future. So, like, obviously, AI came about because humans built it. Like, an AI didn't build itself. It is now. Maybe. No, it is. Version well, we're probably are at that now, but yeah. the start, the starting point yeah. where things came about was a human developing software and then mm-hmm. it kind of rolling into something mm-hmm. else and something else rolling into something mm-hmm. else. But I guess in, just in like layman terms, yeah, this, that's it. <laughs> in layman terms, but I guess it's like, yeah, humans roll on this in the future. Like how much, like do, obviously we're at a point now where you don't even have to monitor it but people sometimes still do like you had said that you obviously get the ai written bit and you take it back and you still work on it or you make it like you maybe alter things a little bit but for the most part the chunk of the work has been done by ai that's it but it's like do people do you think people will like fully give up all that kind of man that management role of like taking care of the AI and just fully trust in it. No, no one's telling that painter how to paint, what to paint and how much to sell it yeah. for. And people are buying it. Yeah. Okay. There's your answer. We're there. Okay. But in people com- who buy into art is like, well, that's just, know. that's just one example. And when I, this is the yeah. conversation I had with Trish is what defines art. And, and quite often art is defined by the marketer saying, Hey, this is awesome. And you need to buy it. Mm-hmm. And we've got this new fancy way for you to buy it. And it's an NFT and people get into the FOMO. And next thing you know, someone with, $25 million saying, I want to be the exclusive person because it's, you're buying the story. You're never buying yeah. the product. That's the marketer, right? You're going back to what we do for a living. You're not buying there's products. You're, yeah, there's all that. But yeah, to your point, uh, most of the AI systems, it's like automation. When automation came in, it wiped out the entire blue collar workforce for the most part. But you still have mm-hmm. blue collar workers working in factories alongside robots, right? Yeah. That's still happening. But 95% of the population is no longer in that factory, correct? Yes. Okay. So what AI did or what automation did to the blue collars, AI is going to do to the white collars. Where are the white collars? You. Me. Blue, That's collars. Us. The, blue, blue collars <laughs> typically are your workers. White collars typically are your admins, office workers. The white collar okay. of the shirt. Blue collar. If you, oh, in the okay. old days, the, you would wear a blue collared shirt on the factory floor, not a t-shirt. And in the office, gotcha. you'd be wearing a white collared shirt because you were off. Is there any other colored colors I should back, No, but the, back then that was it. That, 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 it was yeah. the, 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 the management and the workers, right? You know, that, that team. Yeah. But yeah, your, your white colors are your knowledge workers. Your, look at librarians. I don't need a librarian to give me an answer. Yeah. Right. Like uh, back in the day, you'd have to go and look up something. And now, you know, it's on your phone. Right. So, so the tier, the access tier to be able to get where you need to be and get the information mm-hmm. you want back to you. You don't need to go anywhere now. Right. So so all of those things that involve other people proxying that information for you are no longer needed. So what do those people do now? 
right? So what AI is going to do in the white collar workforce, or a lot of the workforce, to be honest, because it applies to blue collars as well, but mostly the white collar is going to feel the impact is, yeah. when, is it an, when is it an assistant to you versus when is it a replacement to you versus when is it an amplification that allows you to do a whole bunch of other stuff because I haven't wasted an hour trying to come up with copy. Okay, like when yeah. the, the last week, all of my tweets and all of my LinkedIn posts were created mm -hmm. by AI. All of them. Okay. I haven't, I haven't, Good to know. <laughs> I, 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 I stopped, I stopped posting as me a week ago and people haven't noticed. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't notice. <laughs> my tweets and my LinkedIn posts, I typically mm -hmm. go into the system. I tell it kind of what I'm trying to say. It comes up with a couple of examples. I tweak it a bit because I make it rubbish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which is that 5%. The 95% of the work has been done. I look at mm -hmm. it and I go, I, I never thought of saying it that way. And then, you know, like that spawns something else, right? But then I also yeah. craft it and I go, okay, I've got three variations. I like this, 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 this. That's my LinkedIn post. That's my Facebook post. That's my Twitter post. Yeah, if you take a look at the last few week, the last week or so of my Twitter and my LinkedIn, I would say 95% of what you see was created by GPT-3. Good to know. Yeah. And you wouldn't know the difference. And like no. I said, I'm at a point now, the stuff that we're doing right now, I'm, I'm about to do a, a, a thing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be at a conference again for the first time in a long time. Uh, so yeah. I'm speaking at the end of the month at VoiceCon. And VoiceCon is all these professional voice artists. Okay, That's very cool. Well, I'm going in there and saying most of you are out of a job in two years. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you going to talk about? <laughs> Guess what? We were talking about deep fake AI and, and its role yeah. in, in voice. Um, I literally, we did this as a parlor trick. Uh, I took text from, mm -hmm. uh, from someone, popped it into one system. It generated more text. I took that text, put it into another system. It generated a voice of that text. So... That process was manual. That was me skipping through the steps, but automation would take care of it. But I literally created audio and text based on a suggestion, and the AI took it from there, not only writing what it was going to say and then saying it. And that took less than a minute. I know. Okay, and, then I, and, then, and then I could flip that into any language I need. Right? So, so. That, 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 that question that you had earlier about where are we, like automation, there's a lot of stuff that you don't think about doing anymore, right? Yeah, it has, there's a lot of positives. I think there's a lot of negatives. Um, it's a I lot of reality. Like, I, yeah, it just depends. I guess it's just the way the ball's continually rolling and rolling into other things. And like you said, the white collar workforce is probably gonna be the next one to take the big hit because the uh, blue car already took it. <laughs> well, well and, and there's more there, but like I said, call centers. Yeah. Okay. Call centers are still predominantly person-based, right? Mm -hmm. You are going to see a huge push for AI-based call centers just based on the sheer need of the online amount of stuff that's going online. So Amazon's you know, front desk is going to be AI-driven and not going to be staffed. So that's a, how many thousand people that are going to be restructured? Yeah, that's just one example, right? Call centers are going to be a massive one because it's your typical frequently asked questions, understanding what the person's trying to get. And I say this before, as more and more of your generation get get used to Siri speak, which is the robotic ish mm -hmm. kind of thing, but kind of human. And, you know, you're not quite 100 percent sure, but you don't care that mindset. Yeah. 
the more accepting you become of that, the more you won't care if the voice on the other end of the line is real or not. You know what I mean? And that voice can flip from female to male on the fly if you want. Imagine you're on a call center. No, no, no. I want to talk to a girl. And I want that girl to be Chinese. Boom. There you are. You are now talking to an AI that that is that. You know, that's huge. That That's applicable to so many tiers. And that's just that. Because going back to what I was saying, narrow AI, there's a lot of examples. Not a lot of examples of general AI where it takes all of that and becomes the omnim, omnim I can't say the word, but the being that is bigger than all of us. Uh, yeah. And that's where we're still better. And that's kind of your point is we're still more generally intelligent than all of these AI systems put together because they're not put together. But individually, they're kicking our ass at individual bits. So the question there, if, if it's better than me, like your writer who writes the blogs for me is a better writer than me. Mm-hmm. So I get someone else to write it. Right. Yeah. So it's that that model. So when that system becomes better than your writer or your writer gives me the initial content and from that content, I can spawn a whole bunch more content. So I take mm-hmm. the creative spark of your writer, which is, let's say, a thousand words. I could probably generate 10,000 stuff based on that. So your writer, does he have rights to that content that I created? Because it's based on what he wrote. And that's the other big thing liabilities and legalities who owns your voice who owns your likeness you've given a lot of data and a lot of voice every time you talk to siri every time you talk to google it's taking your voice and putting it somewhere siri a lot i use it i mine's a guy (laughs) well to your there you go so but my point is where do you what do you think it's doing with that query it's now Mm -hmm. using it for predictive analysis because now you're now statistically saying one more person has asked this and this Mm -hmm. was the right answer therefore i'll use this again but yeah, you're part of the game. You're feeding the engine more than I am. You you joke about my old phone. Anything I say in my old phone stays on the phone because it, it doesn't have that back end. It's not recorded. You, you, you have been recording your voice in the cloud on a system whose goal is to replace mm-hmm. you. Multiply that by 9 mil, billion people. I know. Okay. I've only been doing it for about two years. It doesn't take much. Like I said, the board exactly. the Bourdais thing did not need a lot of a sample to create his his vocal patterns. I've mm-hmm. I've got more than enough hours on YouTube to to have someone recreate Levine easy. You know, I could wake up one day and there's you know a computer system that is sounding like Levine because it it pulled it from the YouTube feed that I created or whatever. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. what we're talking about. This data lives somewhere, mm-hmm. and you're not paying for it. So how do they make money? Well, they take your data and they make really smart systems that they're able to sell to other companies and our free use of their platforms have allowed that system to be created and sold. That's the mm-hmm. Google ecosystem. I don't know. It's, it's amazing. But it's we crazy. accept it's it. It's cool. We it's cool it. where we've come, but yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, no, I think I think I answered all my questions. I've definitely learned a lot. Um, I think it's still above my head. AI. I have like um some. I'm less ignorant than I was at the start of this video, but um still ignorant to the topic. But I'm also kind of somebody that's like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about like robots taking over everybody's job because eventually I would have to accept that it would take over my job. It'll take <laughs> over. Like, I don't want to think. It'll take over aspects of what you do. We've already 
allowed systems to take over aspects of what we do. I'm not mm -hmm. monitoring my own heart rate. This watch is. Yeah. Okay, the list goes on, right? Yep. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so so, so we've, we've started down that path. The question is, is what's our comfort zone? And everybody has a different comfort zone and so forth. But at the end of the day, you know, just to wrap it up, we've mm -hmm. given a lot of data and there's a shit ton of data out there on everything. And now there are dedicated systems that are purposely built with proper processing units that do what they're supposed to do specifically to that task, and they don't sleep. Mm -hmm. No, they don't. Okay, and here's, the, here's the best part. Most of those systems are in storage crates, okay, because that's how you build these ecosystems now. You, build, you take a storage crate, you put an air conditioning unit, you put a rack mount, and it's basically a, a shipping container, but inside is a server farm, and there's just a bunch of shipping containers. Whoops, jeez. Um, Imagine that now on a boat on international mm -hmm. waters. The AI is now on international waters. No political, mm -hmm. no oversight. It's in international waters and it's running itself out of its storage crate on a boat. Mm -hmm. That's not far-fetched. No, it's okay. not far-fetched. So when that happens, does that person become a citizen of its own planet? because it's in its own international waters? Is this, when does it become its own little world? It's a, I stake my claim to this space. When does it become no. Columbus? The list goes on. We're, we're, we're talking very soon in your lifetime, these things are going to be yes. asked. They're not science fiction anymore. You made the joke, nope. the, the giant pneumatic thing was in 2021. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? We're 2021. What did he do? Um, he needed to get um, more data in his head. Oh, wow, yeah. USBs, ooh. <laughs> So yeah, I kind of answered your questions without, you know, obviously I'm not an expert in this field, but I gave you a, a no, nice they definitely, No, they definitely, like I said, I'm less ignorant than I was before. It's still probably above my head and there's just, oh, it's above I my think head. it's just because there's so much, there's so much just data on what AI is and what it can do. It's like, how do you take it all in? But I think, like you said, like, it'll just kind of slowly trickle into life. And then in my lifetime, I'll, I'll. I'll just have to wait and see what happens, I guess. Could, could you imagine your life without Siri? Uh, yeah, I can. Okay, still. well, in a few years, that'll be everything. Every yeah, place but my, you keep go. In, keep in mind, my dad's like, my parents are like, and like, they don't, they don't really love Siri. My dad uses probably the yeah. most he used would be the voice text, but like the, the Google homes and stuff like that. My parents were like, absolutely not. We are not getting these in our home. You have and how many, how many generations are in your family? We joke about this a lot. If I were yeah, to do, I a, if I were to monitor your family, which I will be because, you know, I, I live in your area over the next 10 years, I know what the pattern is going to be. It's predictable. Yeah. We're all predictable. Yeah. Okay. On that note. Sure. We're going to call yes. it? Thank oh, yeah. you, Rob. My pleasure.